Welcome to Gene and Mike do the New York Times crossword. Hi, I'm Gene. And I'm Mike. And today we are doing the crossword for Friday, January 7th, 2022. So, did you do the crossword? Yes, I did. And was it fun? It was fun. Mm-hmm. Good. It's Friday, so Fridays should be fun. Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. Fridays are usually hard, but this one wasn't particularly difficult, I didn't think. Yeah, I did it in 1836. Wow. I did it in 1422. So why'd you say wow? (laughs) Because both of those times are pretty... Pretty short for a Friday. Yes. You know, sometimes I just, I spend over an hour on a Friday Mm because they're so difficult. Right. This one was just a little easier. And, of course, I did it with our youngest and... Mm -hmm. And, yeah, we had an enjoyable time doing it together. Mm, good. And, uh, but no, it did not take me very long. Well, this was, this was by Robin Weintraub, and, and I found that her puzzles tend to be on the easier side. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I thought it had some some fun uh, clues and yes. fun answers. Um, warp drive, I thought, I love that. Um, speedy sci-fi technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be kind of a nerd to know that. I, I, warp drive. Yeah, I knew that right away. Uh-huh. So I thought that was good. Mm-hmm. And I also liked um, thir- 53 across. Romantic Bunch was a dozen roses. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was good, too. So, my And f- even the first one, uh, something you may want to clear up, was acne. <laughs> you know, I, I knew that. I looked at that and thought, acne immediately oh did you so yeah i mean some of these were just pretty pretty straightforward i thought my favorite was uh, 16 across id seen at the post office yes and the answer was idaho yes uh-huh that was cute yep uh-huh i mean i think that's one of the trademarks of robin's crosswords that the clues are very good mm-hmm. um like 35 across secretly unionize was elope. Right. It's like, oh, that was great. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, 40 across, lashes makeup. And the answer was hairs. Yeah, Because lashes makeup uh-huh. hairs. I kept wanting it to be mascara. Yes. Mm-hmm. But no. It makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Here. Another one. So what did you put for five down, or five across, Othello for one? A moor. That's what I put down first. What did you put down second? A game. Oh, really? I put down play. Oh, yeah. Because it's a play. play. Uh No, I I thought game. Mm, Okay. Yeah, I... Came in twice. I had to work my way there. Uh And then right underneath that, uh, uncovered, I thought bear, and then I thought nude, but the answer was open. Yes. Uh So I had had three clues for each, or three answers for each of those two clues. Uh Uh-huh. Do you ever say 18 across dressing room encouragement? That's so you. <laughs> yeah. Really? Not very often. Oh, okay. But I was I had the wrong dressing room in mind. I was thinking like break a leg. Oh, uh-huh. Right or you know, I mean just sort of a the dressing room of an actor or right. actress, yeah, mm-hmm. no. Uh and and 22 across was good. A counting job question mark and it was census. Uh-huh. So yeah, there were a lot of a lot of uh, good clues here. I noticed that that uh, the ants from yesterday made a a reappearance. 
61 across little drones yes. or ants. Uh-huh. Yes. I don't think they had lions or crows no. or whatever the other one was. Um, it was ants. Lions, crows, There were ants. just three of them? Yeah. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. There was a sheepdog. 51 across. Yes. What babe aspires to be in babe? A sheepdog. I was unaware of that. I did see that movie, but I forgot. I thought it was about a pig. It is about a pig. Oh, who wants to be a sheepdog? Uh-huh. Wow, that's one confused and pig. Then I, and then now now that I'm thinking about it, they they have a contest at the end of the movie between like the sheepdogs and babe. And Babe talks to the the sheep and tells them, please, you know, like, behave. Oh. So, and he, he wins the contest. Ah. Or, so, uh, a victory for the intellect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that S of sheepdog uh, ran into 51 down. Figs, so that's abbreviation for figures, uh, assigned randomly since 2011, SSNs, social security numbers. Uh-huh. I had no idea. Well, I I don't understand. Assigned randomly. Right. I didn't know that. I thought they were always assigned randomly. No, there used to be a system for doing it. Oh. And and I was sort of studying that a little bit. And um, like the first three would represent an area, and the next two would represent a group, and the next four I think might have been in order. I hope that's enough digits. It is. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I guess they just pick it at random now. Huh. I, I presume that, you know, that's why it takes so long to get a social security number. Someone's there with a dartboard. Uh-huh. Four, three, eight. Uh-huh. Well, I, sh- I do remember when I, um, when I was first teaching, um, and, of course, we would use your social security number as an ID number. And so, like, if I gave a test, um, you know, the the uh, grading sheet that I would post mm-hmm. would have social security numbers. And you would post that? Oh, sure. Oh, my. Yeah, I know. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. But, um, but, you, um, but I did notice, you know, that the numbers would be very similar. They would, like, all start with three or they'd all start with four for the most part. And it was because the students were from the same area. From the same state. Right. Uh-huh. So, Yeah. Huh. Interesting, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in the you, olden days, uh, your social security number was your your uh, gateway to identification everywhere you go. Yeah, you do that nowadays, and that'll be your gateway to being fired. <laughs> yeah, and and the student's gateway to being uh, uh, taken advantage of. Yes. Mm-hmm. But, yep. 27 down was good. Metaphorical knowledge. I immediately thought lore. Uh-huh. And then I looked at the at the answer, which was five letters, and it was ropes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, fifty nine across strategic bodies of water was moats. Uh huh. That was that was sort of good. Yep. You know, uh, Jonathan got that right away. I didn't even think about moats. I was like, it's a strategic body of water, and he said it's a moat. Did you have Did you have any letters at that point? No. Really? Really, yeah. I'm that, impressed. That was, that was what first came into his mind. No kidding. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking, you know, the Earl, or, you know, I was thinking some sort of a, a lake, like, near, 
you know, or, or some sort of an ocean that that mm-hmm. abutted some country of that tended to be hostile. Yeah, but, I had no idea, but mm-hmm. he right away he said, "Oh, mo- hmm. mm-hmm. yeah." So good crossword. Yep, I think it deserves a five squares. Okay, on the old jam CR scale, I'll give it five. Five squares, it is, mm-hmm. and it is Fun Fact Friday. So I happen to have a fun fact for right. Fun Fact Friday. I would love to hear it. So on Tuesday, uh, there was a crossword that had a quotation I in remember. it. remember. You can't think of your troubles while solving a crossword. True M- statement. Margaret Farrar. Mm-hmm. And so I thought we would do a little bit of a, an explore of Margaret Farrar. And this is from Wikipedia. Um, Margaret Petherbridge Farrar, March 23rd, 1897 to June 11th, 1984, was an American journalist and the first crossword puzzle editor for the New York Times, 1942 to 1968. Creator of many of the rules of modern crossword design, she compiled and edited a long-running series of crossword puzzle books, including the first ever book of any kind published by Simon & Schuster. Margaret Petherbridge was born March 23rd, 1897 in Brooklyn, New York, to Margaret and Henry Petherbridge, who owned a licorice factory. A long-life resident of New York City, she attended Berkeley Institute in Brooklyn and graduated from Smith College in 1919. Haven't we seen Smith College, mm-hmm. like in the, in the crossword? I believe so. Periodically? Yeah. That was, was that a woman's college? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, her career in crossword puzzles began at the New York World in 1921. She'd been hired as the secretary to the editor of the Sunday edition of the New York World. He eventually assigned her to assist crossword inventor Arthur Wynne, who was overloaded with reader submissions of puzzles and with complaints about flawed puzzles. Petherbridge had never solved a puzzle herself and therefore chose puzzles to be printed without testing them until fellow World employee Franklin Pierce Adams criticized her for it. In response, she tried the puzzles and discovered to her dismay that some of them were unsolvable. Oh, no. <laughs> she subsequently described... I know. Can you imagine uh-huh. if that were the case today? She, Yeah, there would be like rioting at the... At the millions at the, of comments at, on wordplay. <laughs> yeah, people actually with pitchforks and at, <laughs> at, the, uh, at the gates of the New York Times. She subsequently described her reaction as taking an oath to edit the crosswords to the essence of perfection. Her puzzles eventually became more popular than wins. In January 1924, Petheridge was given an advance of $25 and asked to, which I guess was a lot of money in those days, uh, and was asked to compile a book of crossword puzzles by Richard L. Simon and M. Lincoln Schuster, who were launching a book publishing company but did not yet have any manuscripts. Mm-hmm. The crossword, and that was two words, crossword puzzle book launched Simon & Schuster as a major publisher and was the first of four best-selling compilations published that year. Mm-hmm. Simon & Schuster's, now with an ampersand, crossword books became the longest continuously published book series. In 1926, Petherbridge Mary John Farrar, one of the co-founders of Farrar and Reinhardt and Farrar, Strauss, and, and Giroud, these were publishing companies, she left the world to raise a family and returned to journalism in 1942 as the founding puzzle editor of the New York Times. She remained with, I know, she remained with the newspaper until 1969. She also edited novels for R. Strauss and Giroux, and upon her husband's death in 1974, she succeeded him as a member of the company's board of directors. Wow. In 19- that was that was pretty um, progressive 
for a woman in 1974. That was just right at the time of the women's liberation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So she was like a pioneer. Yes, indeed. Wow. In 1959, a New Yorker article described Farrar as probably the most important person in the world of the crossword puzzle. The article quoted Farrar's preferences for clues. We don't allow two-letter words, and we avoid as much as possible obsolete words, variants, obscure words, and cliches. Words like new, G-N-U, and M-U, and proa, whatever that is, P-R-O-A. Mm-hmm. I favor using lots of book titles, play titles, names in the news, and so on. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I also favor puzzles with a unifying theme, what I call the inner clue puzzle, which was invented by one of our best constructors, Harold T. Burrs. For example, an inner clue puzzle he did for us recently was called Catalog and had answers that were words or phrases like catbird seat, catacombs, kitty hawk, and pussyfoot. So there's <laughs> there's the origin of the themed crossword. Uh-huh. And and it was invented by Harold T. Burrs. Wow. Farrar died June 11, 1984, at her home in Manhattan. Up to her death, she compiled two crossword puzzle books a year for Simon & Schuster. She was working on the 134th volume and was editing puzzles for the Los Angeles Times Syndicate. Just amazing. Yeah. The the amazing Margaret Farrar. Well, that was an amazing fun fact. Yes, it was. I just... that found that interesting, and the, the, the inner clue puzzle is what she called them. Uh-huh. I love that. All right. I think that is it for today. Okay. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you're enjoying these podcasts. And we will be back again with our cutting-edge analysis of tomorrow's crossword tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>